Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Today, our guest is Bryce Pappenbrook. He's an American voice actor. There's really not one way to become an actor or a voice actor to get into this industry. You can create your own path. I booked a role and then I booked another one. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to give this a real shot. And I went for it and I haven't looked back. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? And it's very similar in martial arts where if you're knocked down or something's challenging, you continually repeat and practice and practice until it goes right. Hearing no over and over and over again can't slow you down. I think I've brought that with me into this industry. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis, and joining me is your co-host, Fred Keating. I'm in Edmonton, Canada, and Fred is joining us via Skype from Vancouver, Canada. Why am I in Edmonton? I'm at the 23rd Annual Animathon, and with me, I have a very special guest. We're going to talk about that in a moment, but you know what? There are about 10,000 people at this conference. It's just huge. The crowds have been going past us. It's a little bit quiet right now, but it may get a little bit louder in a moment. Fred, tell us who our guest is. I will, Marvin, and congratulations. There seems to be about 10,000 people wherever you show up these days. Today, our guest is Bryce Pappenbrook. He's an American voice actor. You may have heard him as Rin Okumura in Blue Exorcist or Carito in Sword Art Online or Caesar Antonio Zeppelli in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Among other roles he's had is a number of voices on Call of Duty. So Bryce, thanks very much for joining us and uh, welcome to Canada. Yeah, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. I understand you just got out of a fairly hectic uh, autograph session and Tell me, when people come and ask for your autograph, do they identify for you the particular favorite roles that uh, you've played for them? Yeah, you know, there's uh, I have fans of all sorts of different shows, uh, ranging from uh, video games to anime. Everyone is into something different. I'm just happy to be a part of so many awesome projects. I understand you come by your trade uh, honestly, Bryce, that your parents were also voice actors. Yeah, exactly. Both my mom and dad were voice actors. That's the reason why I got into the business. The first time I stepped into the booth, I was about eight years old. My dad was working on a show called Power Rangers. He played Rito Revolto, the skeleton dude on Power Rangers. At the end of his session, the director asked for a kid's voice, and my dad's like, he's a kid, throw him in the booth. And I became a voice actor. So did you grow up in a house full of a thousand voices? <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you could say that. Uh, my, my dad's voice was hard to miss. Uh, it was bigger than life and the exact opposite of mine. My voice basically hasn't changed since middle school. So I play a lot of 15, 16 year old kids. Uh, my dad was the exact opposite. He played a bunch of monsters and, and uh, larger than life characters. So uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool place to grow up. Bryce, in some cases, the people that we've interviewed who are actors and voice actors, they've gone to college and they've studied their craft. Now, did you actually have the advantage of going to the college of your father, so to speak? Some people study acting and, and study voice acting. That was not my path. I had a much different 
path than typical actors, which is kind of interesting because there's really not one way to become an actor or a voice actor to get into this industry. You can create your own path. For me, I grew up around it. I kind of experienced what it was like to be a voice actor, and I wasn't sure that's that was my goal. I didn't know that's what I wanted to do. My first passion was martial arts, and I thought I was going to grow up and be a professional Muay Thai fighter. I competed for years, and uh, turns out you get punched in the head a lot less talking in a booth than fighting in a ring. My next passion actually was the law. I went to UCLA and studied political science and philosophy. I thought my next step was law school, but have always been around the industry, and I booked a role and then I booked another one. And then I thought, you know what? I'm gonna give this a real shot, and I went for it, and I haven't looked back. At what point did you know that this was going to become a career for you, and how did you know? It's really hard, actually, to find when that moment is, because acting, in general, is very up and down. Because you can book a role, and then that role ends, and then you're unemployed, and you were auditioning. And then you book another role, and great, you're employed next week, and then you're unemployed again. So it was actually just recently that I gave up a secondary job that I was doing, which was web design, front-end web design, which is another creative outlet. I've kept that for years, just in case something didn't go right. But I feel now I've established myself enough that I can count on having some work next week. Now, this is something that maybe not all of our listeners know is that this is a field where most people do work freelance. There aren't a lot of jobs out there in the traditional sense of the word, correct? Exactly, and that's exactly what I am as a freelance actor. So I have an agent that sends me auditions, and I audition for everything out there, and uh, like a gun to hire, so to speak. And whoever hires me is, is where I go to work the next day. Bryce, can you tell me what skills in the area of your studies in martial arts have carried over or transferred into the energy and enthusiasm and quick thinking that you bring to your acting assignments? Actually, quite a bit. I play a lot of action roles, and my characters are frequently attacking people and getting punched, and I know what it feels like to throw a punch and actually get punched in the face. So when I'm creating those noises, I can bring a level of authenticity to them. Also, martial arts teaches you determination. It forces you into this certain work ethic that translates very well into acting. This never-giving-up sort of attitude, pushing through adversity, and that's really what it takes to be successful in this industry. Most of the time, you're going to get told no. When you're auditioning, I tell people if they book one out of a hundred auditions, they're extremely successful in this industry. So hearing no over and over and over again can't slow you down. And it's very similar in martial arts where if you're knocked down or something's challenging, you continually repeat and practice and practice until it goes right. I think I've brought that with me into this industry. We've certainly had guests that have uh, expressed to us Bryce, that it's how you take no for an answer that can make a big difference in forward movement in your career. Absolutely. You can't let people turn you away from your dream. And if it's something that you really want to do, you should go out and do it. Bryce, another thing that you might have learned from martial arts as well, I guess would be the whole concept of grace under pressure. And what role does that play in the voice acting business? You know, a huge role. I feel like when I started becoming more successful, that's really when I let go a little bit and I just sort of lived in the moment and enjoyed myself. When I was too much in my head and I was thinking, I have to book this or I, I really need this or, you know, thinking about the situation, I, I didn't perform well. Things don't come across as real. 
But when you live in that moment and you just relax and breathe, it comes across so much better. I always say that short contract jobs like the ones that you described, Bryce, are perfect fit for a guy with as brief an attention span as I have because if it's uncomfortable for any particular reason, you're only going to be there for a couple of days. And if it, in fact, is something that you really enjoy with people that you've met before and are happy to be back with, well, there's no place else you'd rather be. Absolutely. I would say the the toughest part is the auditioning process. It's, you know, walking into a room of strangers and picking up a piece of copy that you've only seen five minutes ago and performing it in a way to convince them that you can handle this role. And you're competing against hundreds, sometimes thousands of people that are just as talented or sometimes even more talented than you and you have to somehow stand out in that pack and that's the challenge is that auditioning process for me once I book a role and I'm hired and I'm with a group of people that I can kind of grow with and get to know and have fun with it's enjoyable it's really really fun but the auditioning process even after doing it you know my whole life is still nerve-wracking now how do you frame that up in your mind because as you said for the auditions you're really competing against people and that's something that you're really comfortable doing I would suppose because of your martial arts background you really want to win but it's also an industry where you need to get along with people you can't burn bridges how do you reconcile that we're all in the same boat we all know that we're competing against each other and I'm friends with a lot of voice actors actually because of events like this I've become great friends with a number of voice actors a lot of time we don't actually see each other or work together even if we're talking to each other in a scene we record by ourselves and then they match everything up we just know that we're in competition auditioning there's only so many roles out there and we're all fighting for those roles and we feel good for each other when the others are successful it's good to know that your friends are doing well and you're sort of in a circle of people that are succeeding in an industry that so many people want to get into you're clearly a very sociable person and as you said you have these friends in the industry Now, another thing that I'm wondering how you reconcile is how do you spend so much time in a sound booth where it's a fairly solitary thing? It might be just you and the director and the audio engineer. Yeah, and uh, I've been fortunate enough to spend a fair amount of time in a booth. It takes some getting used to. For me, when I'm working on a particular role, I try to make myself live in that character. Even when I'm recording for long periods, like on the show Attack on Titan, I would record eight hours a day. And day after day, start my next day, record eight hours. Start my next day, record eight hours in these blocks of session time. But some of the days went by so fast, almost like I blinked and I was like, what what just happened? Because I was so immersed in the show and immersed in what I was doing and so focused that it just makes the time pass really, really quickly. And it's really not like live action acting where you might have half a dozen or perhaps a dozen other actors on the set with you and all of these crew members and, and it's just a huge undertaking. There's people everywhere. Again, you're fairly solitary. Yeah, very true. Working for a company like Funimation is really interesting because they have so many booths going at one time because they have so many properties. So it's much more social at a big company like that because sometimes you're working in one booth for an hour and then you jump to another director and engineer and work on another show for another hour. In that way, you meet a lot of different people coming in and out of the booth and working all day. Bryce, as a young fellow who's reached the level of success that you have, what are the obligations 
or the responsibilities that you shoulder in terms of interaction with the fans and with your colleagues and with those who, in fact, do the scheduling for you and expect great things? Well, you know, I just try to do the best I can with what I've been given. For me, doing these conventions and having fans is just an honor. It's so cool that these things exist. They didn't really exist for my dad, and they're, they're sort of a new phenomenon. So it's such a great opportunity for me to be able to travel around the world and talk about what I'm passionate about to people that are looking to get into the industry or to people that are just fans of my work and the projects. It's really cool and I've been all over the world and I'm honored to be able to do that. That accessibility, I think, must in fact be a a pretty critical factor in terms of your longevity in it and perhaps your continued reserves of energy and enthusiasm. It's been a terrific opportunity to speak with you and get a little behind the curtain peek at uh, what you do on and off mic. Well, it's great to be here and chat with you as well. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, Bryce. No problem. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.